Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And today we are going to be looking at some of the big issues of the week, including the rise of stealthing, something for which I think there should be a much stricter punishment like death. Um, and also wearable tech can it really help your relationship plus we're going to be joined by the amazing comedian Louisa Omilian I don't think I said that right she's going to correct me but we'll get there hopefully by the end of the show um, talking about all things Beyonce and how to be a true survivor but as ever we're starting with our favourite news stories so Nat what is yours this week? This week um, my news story is about the French presidential elections but more specifically the wife of uh, Emmanuel Macron. Monsieur Macron. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think the Indies got something against her because uh, they highlighted the fact that he said, um, you know, my wife, Brigitte, always there and what's more without whom I wouldn't be me, which I think is wonderful. But they then highlighted the fact that age 64, Miss Macron is a grandmother of seven and 25 years her fresh-faced 39-year-old husband senior. I mean, I'd be highlighting that too. Fairness to the indie, that's a 25-year age gap. That's quite big. But I mean, men do it all the time. What also then annoyed me was the, you know, the way they were talking about her, this sort of blonde, elegant lady. It was like, why are you dissecting this woman and everything about her? They refer to Mills and Boone in the article and the fact that, you know, it's, it's probably um, slightly equivalent to the things we would read in stories and the Anglo-Saxons are slightly perplexed by this relationship and the fact that uh, it's it's odd for a French president to have a monogamous relationship. Well, okay, what, so who, that's not odd. But I tell article? you what is odd, I tell you what's really odd is the fact that they met when she was 40 and he was 15 and in a class with her daughter. That is odd. It is, but they didn't get together then. Not much longer. Was it not a meeting of minds when he was 15 and she was like... Yeah. I mean, I I don't have any qualms of the age gap. And I I love the fact that he said he he talked about her. Um, But it's just like, I was a bit like, well, he's just the first man to admit it. How many other people in positions of leadership have got a great partner waiting for them at home and supporting them and supporting Mm -hmm. their career? So I was like, well done for admitting it. Can more people admit that they've got great partners behind them? And I, I get why it can be turned into a news story, but I was like, come on, guys do this all the time. No, they don't. If it was a 40 year old man who was dating a 15 year old girl, he would be in jail. Full stop. And they weren't dating at that point. But if we'd known that he was a 40-year-old guy who'd met her when she was 15, we would say that was weird. We would would absolutely judge that. Okay, Clarkson, remember there was Clarkson and all these other guys that are stepping out with their younger women. Clarkson's new woman is like 40. But there's a big difference between getting together with somebody when you are 40 and they're 60 
and when you are 15 and they're 35 40 emma do you not agree but they didn't get together yeah. at that point is my point so is your is your is your back up because they dissected her and they were analyzing her because she was older than him where they wouldn't do that of the wife of a man yes that and also the fact that there are men that have a similar age gap and are dating they are dating women in in that similar age age range and they highlight that you know this is slightly bizarre for the anglo-saxon senses okay what about everyone that's not anglo-saxon should they not have opinion on it <laughs> well no and, i mean the french clearly have a different opinion i mean sorry uh, french people yeah and and you know the fact that they're saying that actually most french presidents are not monogamous and then sort of making it okay i was just confused by the whole whole thing Emma, come on. What do you think of a guy who meets his future wife at 15 when he's 15 and she is 40? There's, I, I find that really odd because I think when you're 15, like an age gap, if you're 14 you're dating someone who's 60, like I don't think there's a big deal with that age gap because you're a different, you, you know, your development as a human being really slows down the older you get. But the person you are at 15 and the person you are at 40, I really don't know where your middle ground is there at all. Equally, I'm like, you're 40, you're in your prime, you do not need to be chasing 15 <laughs> year olds. Pardon, what was our backdated badass that was dating younger, younger Simone de Beauvoir? Simone, <laughs> Simone de Beauvoir. Yeah. So clearly yeah. it is just a French. Um, so the story that i have been kind of horrified by this week and i didn't even realize that it was a thing and it almost worries me that we're that it's become big enough that we have to talk about it is the practice of stealthing and stealthing this first came to my uh, came to my attention in the huffington post stealthing is the practice apparently that men are engaging in whereby when they're having sex with somebody they agree to wear a condom and then halfway through they remove it without telling the person they're having sex with i was horrified when i read this like i'd not even heard of it before as a as a as a thing so i i yeah i'm pleased that we're talking about it because you need some awareness about that that but this is was happening. there a case or a lawsuit or, or some, something well, yeah so there's been a kind of rise in reported numbers of it okay. happening because it is actually illegal okay. so if you tell somebody that you're having sex using condom and then you remove it without telling them and continue to have sex with them that is categorized as rape um so it's illegal it's sh- <laughs> quite rightly so i think um but what i think it's really worrying for me is that this is a part a wider piece about how we talk about consent with young men and young women in mm. fact all men and all women um because when we're when we look at actually sexual relationships and sexual practices there's a whole gray area that happens i'm sure that you have both experienced this where you are in bed with somebody and you've kind of said this is okay with me and that's not okay and they've gone yeah yeah that's totally fine and then a few minutes in they're like just checking still yeah. still the sure this is okay still still don't want to go there and you find yourself constantly having to reaffirm those boundaries and that frustrates me i think we need to be more committed and open about what is and isn't okay and when i've said it's not okay probably not changing my mind anytime soon but i think this goes back to conversations we've had on the show before around what we would allow when we were younger versus who we are as women now yes and categorically now and I've said this before I outline my expectations around the relationship that I want and the sort of sexual encounter that I want so when you were talking about it earlier I was like no I, I can't actually visualize that because I that we there is a there is a conversation up front but that is a conversation I would not have had the confidence to have in my early 20s yeah I agree I definitely wouldn't and I, I reckon I've had uncold, untold stories about people being with guys and it being them saying no to things or setting some boundaries and those constantly being pushed and I think it's definitely something I couldn't do in my 20s now I'd be like get out but I wonder <laughs> if this interest if this rise in stealthing comes because actually we have got better I don't think we're perfect but I think we've got better about teaching young people about consent and how to express what they want mm. but what we've created is a world where they go okay well you've expressed that this is a boundary for you so I'm just going to cross that boundary without telling you mm. you know how do Good we point. get them to a point where actually they're saying you know what, this is an important boundary and I respect and stay with it I didn't realize um, when I was asking that it, it's illegal and, yeah. and so I think there's, and this is the role, um, you know, at societal level, again, always educating people around what is legal, what, yeah. h- how should you be treated in the eyes of the law? Because um, I don't think people think, you know, when sex ed in school, they don't actually think about that conversation. I don't remember ever having that conversation beyond rape, that this is legal, this is illegal. Um, 
but bringing that into the consciousness because that's the only thing that will enable people to say oh oh this isn't cool because you could go to jail for this and i think that th that connects back to child pornography I i've heard instances of you know young people that are having sex and they're both under the age of 16 recording it where this is then going out on, on social media they don't understand the implication of what that means it's, it's illegal and it's classified as child pornography and i agree i think that's really important understanding the legality and the illeg illegality but there's also a point about highlighting to people what is going on here and there's that amazing consent ad that ran a few years ago don't know if you remember it where you see a young guy and a girl and they're on a bed clearly i think at a house party or something and she's like oh no i don't want to i don't want to and he's like oh come on go on you know you do we can just pushing and pushing and pushing mm -hmm. and just wearing her down mm -hmm. and then you see him kind of standing back almost like through a glass screen uh, watching yes. this scene yeah. and horrified at his own behavior mm. and we need to start really ingraining that and asking people to look at what is happening here if you have agreed something with somebody particularly when it comes to sex and then you are reneging on that deal you are emotionally damaging them, whatever it is. Can I say, I was thinking about this the other day. I've got lots of goddaughters and, and nieces, and I was thinking if I had a, and a daughter and a son, I would have a conversation with them. And I think I would ask them to wait to have sex. I think I would ask them to really think about that first encounter and understand the experience that they're going into. And I think I, I would have both an existential conversation about sex and what it can be with them a lot sooner as opposed to just the physical activity. And I don't think I would have, I would have done that before. 90 day rule. Maybe wait 90 <laughs> days before having sex. You're suddenly <laughs> all turning. Yeah, I've basically yeah. influenced you all. I love it. <laughs> if only we all listened more to Emma Saxton, <laughs> then we'd do. all be happier. Um, Emma, tell us, what's the news story that you're looking at this week? So this is a fascinating one, being the geek that I am. It's mm. all about wearable tech. So I don't know um, if any of you read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, mm -hmm. which was all about sort of um, picking up nuances and there was some research in there that this guy had done, John Gottman, who uh, analysed newlywed couples' conversations and then he predicted with 83% accuracy that they were going to divorce. Well, now they seem to be incorporating some of this uh, research into wearable tech because obviously wearable tech can pick up your speech, it can pick up body temperature, heart activity, your sweat. And now they reckon they can predict when you're going to split up with your partner. Well, they, well, actually, the title of the article says that they can it can predict if you're going to break up with your partner. But when you read it, it actually gives you five minute warning that you're going to have an argument. So I don't think <laughs> it's quite doing that. And five minutes before I'm going to have an argument, I probably know I'm going to have an <laughs> argument. But I thought it's really interesting about wearable tech, being able to pick up on speech and start to predict you know, what sort of dynamic you're having with your relationships. So the thing that I am sort of terrified and horrified by this is that this is just one step so another story that came out today was an app that lets you analyze your text messages to see whether somebody is into you or not and i don't want that i, I don't do. want it i don't want it in my life i like to hold my opinions to myself maybe i have a crush on someone maybe i have a crush on someone but i do, i don't think it's going to go anywhere i don't want them to know about it maybe they're already taken maybe they're my boss i don't know i just don't want them to know about it and i don't want them to know about my crush stop analyzing me tech no, i'm I not happy i want the analysis i mean now i'm much more aware of like my psychology and other people's psychology you know that's part of life experience but i think in my 20s the amount of text conversations i probably have with guys which were just a total waste of my time <laughs> instead of me spending six months discovering whether they that that was just not going to work out i'd much rather have an app that goes no emma stop texting delete next now what do you think do you want somebody to know or be able to tell exactly what you feel about them it's not even that for me i'm like the beautiful tapestry of life is not knowing if the person you're you've talking changed. to is <laughs> into changed. you. I mean, you know, get your heart broken a few times. Have that text not responded to. That's that's what life's about. So if something predicts everything, life just falls into a boundary of knowing and not knowing and certainty and uncertainty is beautiful. Yeah, Come on, people. But how much time have you spent renumerating over boys' text? I mean, I don't do it now, but there's times in my life where I've ruminated around or overanalyzed the text going, oh, what does that mean? Does he like me? Okay, does look he at not my like face me? right now. Oh, I, I mean, it's embarrassing I'm sharing this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's actually part of life learning, right? You exactly. learn from that. You learn from that. You develop your intuition. You develop your empathy. 
we need that. We can't just rely on emotions to tell us our, no, on robots to tell us our Ooh, emotions. Freudian slip <laughs> there. What? what does that Ooh. mean? I can't, oh, rely, I can't rely on my well, emotions. It. I'll happily admit that. Um, so we're going to be carrying this conversation on into the next section when we are going to be joined by the amazing comedian Louisa O'Millian. I, no, I didn't get that right, but I'm hoping she's going to correct me. We're so excited to have her. She's an even bigger fan of Beyonce than we already are. So we're going to be talking about what would Beyonce do coming up in the next section. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on talk. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Radio, she'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And right now we are also joined by comedian Louisa Omelan. Yay! Yay! Thank, Thank you so much for having me, you beautiful ladies. Louisa, you have joined us today. Thank you so much. We're here because hey. we love your show. Thank what would you Beyonce so do? much. It's so, so nice good. to be And it's so nice to see like female presenters and you're running it and leading it to your own show. It's so <laughs> refreshing. If I have to see another radio show, Show where it's all dudes all the time and the woman is a sidekick I think I'm gonna I'd do something to myself because I cannot handle it it's so refreshing to have you three yes more of this please more of this <laughs> like yeah. it thank you so we're gonna play a little clip um, that kind of went viral which is you talking yeah. about the thigh gap I know here we go oh my god oh my god my thighs are touching each other oh my god that's so humiliating my thighs are touching each other Send me away to the circus, call it freak show bitch whose thighs are touching each other. Yes, my thighs might be touching each other. Ooh. But I'm sorry, bitches. If you were this close to my vagina, wouldn't you start touching yourself? So you are really open and honest there about actually how much you love your body and how comfortable you are in it and how great it is. Well, it's, do you know what? It's not even It's not even that. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not even that. <laughs> my thing was always like, I don't feel like I should have to hate myself just to blend in. That was my thing. So it wasn't necessarily like, guys, I'm so amazing. Look how wonderful I am. But it was just like, well, no, why should I feel like pants? What, just because you do? Like, why are you making me? I was feeling all right. I didn't even notice that I had a problem. But now you're making me totally aware of a problem that I didn't know I had. Like, there's so many things that I think we have to wrestle with every day. Like, I don't know, maybe you're really paranoid about your eyebrows. I can always nail one, but never the fucking... <laughs> I can always 
real one, but never the other one. So like my thing is like, oh, my eyebrows are not on point today. Like, I'm really proud about my eyebrows. And so I'm busy worrying about that. And then they're like, oh, by the way, your thigh shouldn't touch. And you're like, what? <laughs> I can't deal with it. I was concentrating on my eyebrows. Now I've got to worry about my thigh. Like, guys, leave me alone. I said that it was just the message of like, can we just stop? This is ridiculous. Can we just stop? But what I really love about it is you're totally happy to talk about anything and everything. Yeah. So your show, What Would Beyonce Do? Which is kind of what launched you. It's one of the kind of biggest debuts at Edinburgh. Yeah, it was my debut stand-up show. It was five years ago. And it's I, th- I think it's like the most successful debut stand-up show to come out of the festival. So Amazing. And it's on iPlayer now. I mm-hmm. totally recommend it. Um, and it has some big... You know, it's very funny, but it has yeah. big emotional moments, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Really big emotional ones. moments. So I talk about like um, uh, someone in my family did a suicide attempt about mental health, men's mental health, women's mental health, um, relationships, and not just. You know what I always find weird is when uh, when somebody breaks up with somebody and they're like, "Oh, don't worry about it. Have some ice cream." And it's the stereotype of a girl in her pants eating ice cream, listening to Celine Dion, and then she'll be fine and come out and she'll go dancing to, you know, whatever song that she wants to, whatever. Um, I will survive. But then actually, I don't know about anybody else, I don't know if you've had a relationship that's actually left you quite physically and mentally broken, and you can eat all the ice cream you want, but it doesn't even touch the sides to how like worthless it can sometimes make you feel. And I think a lot of women I know invest so much in a relationship that when it ends, they don't know who they really mm. are without it and so I try to make it so it sounds really depressing and boring but actually guys it's really funny it's really funny your your show though I watched your show and I also have been through a breakup that totally totally floored me yeah and I wish that I'd had your show in those early days because when I watched it I was like you know done with heartbreak but that when you have a relationship like that that absolutely guts you yeah and that to me I was like it was so powerful because you bring in all this emotion that you can relate to yeah but then you had this just amazing way of adding humour but a different perspective and it was yeah. so empowering to watch that oh, and to see you. somebody else who'd been through the same journey as me yeah. and come out and just to feel really powerful and I just feel like every person yeah. should watch that <laughs> can you do like a series like a ther- <laughs> Louisa do therapy do you have any series? idea I want that show to be massive like I want it on an international platform because I'm like women so will good. love it and they're always talking about oh we need more women we need more funny women and you're like mate we're all we're right here like, yeah. we're right here yeah. Like, come on, like, I want more people to see. That's really nice that you felt like that. I didn't write the show to be successful. Like, I had no idea it would be as successful now, and people talk about it. And when I wrote it, it was just a case of I felt really bad. And the only thing that made me feel better was talking on stage and people just clapping and cheering my name. Like, for some reason, that just really comforted me. But, like, <laughs> at the time, it was so low. And I did it just as a form of survival, really, because you're just like, I feel worthless. Louisa, I, I want to know. So, yeah. but when's the show? What would Rihanna do? Or as of the <laughs> photos today, what would J Lo do? <laughs> J Lo looks amazing. So oh, just, she always looks amazing. Slamming, isn't she? And I just feel like we, we uh, uh, don't leave Rihanna out. Come well, on. I mean, Rihanna's cool. Like, I do, you're going to hate me oh, now. Oh. I like Rihanna, and I think I, I loved recently. She said a really good tweet about Trump. I can't remember what it was exactly, but she had a really good comeback at him when he did the, tried to do the Muslim ban and she just and it was so great to see a celebrity that status talk about him I feel like Rihanna though is a little bit no manufactured <laughs> I want to say like she I don't feel like she's a real I don't know I just feel like explosions oh, cool. go yeah. off in my yeah, brain right. I don't like, know she's what to cool. do with this she's cool and you can tell she's got a great team around her and she's like having fun doing her thing mm-hmm. but I don't really get that sense of superstar super like Beyonce you go yeah Beyonce s- superstar but Rihanna's like don't you Beyonce me we can have a whole show around Beyonce versus Rihanna we do it every week yeah, Natalie and I right. Rihanna's right. like cool what about J-Lo yeah, what would J-Lo, a JLo show yeah, be like? No, no? I wouldn't. No, I see. I want to do it uh, initially. I wanted to do a sh- show called "What Would Cher Do." But everybody was like, oh, "Nobody's going to come to that part from gay men." And I was like, "Hello, I love gay men." And so initially, I wanted to do like "What Would Cher Do," and people were like, "No one's going to come to a show called What Would Cher Do." I would. I would Thank come you. to a show. Right? What would Cher do? Cher, she was like the original legend. I would go seriously. Any show. Uh, is it Mermaids? Uh, yeah. Oh, that is Such one of my film. Just if you took her her life lessons, she's, as in Cher and the character, yeah, yeah. that would be brilliant. I'd she's be there. So, yeah, I mean, Cher me and all me the gay is, men, you right? Can have us. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thank you. That's all I need. So maybe that's or Dolly Parton. What would Dolly Parton do? Oh, yes, Dolly. Yeah, yeah. Dolly. that would be. It would be Cher or Dolly. At the moment, I'm trying to work on a show called What Would Mary Magdalene Do? Mary <gasps> Magdalene was a legend, mate. Was Guys, she? I need to Go bring on. her back. She, she was, was a legend. A huge legend. Oh my god, such Superstar. a legend. So it's amazing how throughout like the Bible and church and everything else and the stereotype of her is that she was this prostitute and this fallen woman and like she's 
one of the most famous women throughout history. And actually, she was really well educated, really high status, mm. had loads of money, and was really smart and intelligent and emotionally intelligent. And you're like, oh my gosh, how different would it have been if we'd had female leaders from our past yeah. that were actually, you know, given the credit that they were due rather than used as a, as a you know, whatever it is. I can't articulate my words. But you know what I mean, yeah. guys. I just think she was very, very cool yeah. as a woman. That's she is kind of used in the Bible. She's used as a bit of like, almost colour. It's like, totally. oh yeah, look, we've got 12 men, let's throw in a woman. Totally. She was the kind of female comedian on a panel show totally. in the Bible. <laughs> yes, right. She was totally the token female comedian yeah. on a panel show and she got annihilated and everybody was like, uh, why are women not funny? Well, she's Mary Magdalene, guys. She's not meant to be funny. Like. What, do you, what do you think about that? Because I watch these shows whether yeah. it's never mind the buzzcocks or uh-huh. any of these others and I always think let let the woman speak I mean as soon as a woman it's, chimes yeah. in well there's always one as soon as she chimes in with a joke the guy's completely cut her off or she's edited out yeah. so she's just there for the visual I've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah, full totally. contribution and I, I find it it's quite to be honest though that is quite an alpha dominated um format those game shows mm. because it's all about who can be funnier than the next person and who can put somebody else down mock the week that was the other one yeah exactly about, yeah. so it's kind of like i can be smarter than you and i can be i can put you down and i don't i just think women are quite collective mm. and we're used to listening and sharing and talking and i don't think that environment suits do you it. think you just say you're a douche yeah like, i just i just don't jokes. do it so i've yeah. never done it i've okay. i've said no to it i've just never gone for it because i'm like well i don't watch it and i yeah. find it quite boring so why would i want to be on a show that I don't really watch. Fair enough. Do we need to start commissioning different comedy or different oh comedy gosh, formats? Then? Yes, absolutely. It's so high time for it. And I really feel like if you have people from different ages, different backgrounds, different races, different creeds, and I want to hear more voices like single mums, uh, divorced mums, uh, mums, older women, right? That's. I think as soon as we start allowing diversity in the writing process, mm. Then and in also the production behind the scenes, like the producers, the editors, the directors, the camera people. As soon as you have that, then you're going to start seeing a new kind of television. At the moment, it's the same format, it's the same structure. You might have what, like I've been doing my show for five years, and people are like, oh, it's so refreshing. But it still takes a long, long time yeah. to break through. Like I've got it on BBC One on May the nineteenth, which is fantastic. But it's taken a long time. Well, wait, to back get up. That. BB, so tell us more. BBC One. Yeah. What, so it's going to. So what would Beyonce do is going on BBC One on May the nineteenth. Yeah. Uh, after Graham Norton at eleven thirty. Um, but there's so many shows like. I'm going to be sound really oh, okay. Chewing gum, brilliant show. Fleabag, brilliant show. But they're relegated to the sideline channels. They're relegated mm. to, I would argue, to E4, to BBC Three. And you're like, why are you not putting these refreshing comedy shows that are actually flying the flag for the United Kingdom? Like in America, they're doing really well. Internationally, doing really well. Why not put them BBC One, mm. ma- like main time? You like, and then you're wondering why people aren't watching TV anymore. Yeah. You're not, you're not giving people a chance. So what did you do when you had? You know, you said um, what would be on to do is like f- really five years in the mm. work, but it feels like this kind of sudden rush of success. How do you handle that? And then how do you get over the fear of sort of second album? Crisis. Oh, mate, I was, uh, A, I was born ready. I've been waiting for this <laughs> forever. I'm like, um, in fact, I'm a bit over it. I'm like, really? Now you're going to give it to me? I'm like, whatever, mate. Like, I rocked up, I got a radio interview, I rock up and like, with something that I slept in. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, hi, guys. Like, um, I wrote a second show called Am I Right, Ladies, which um, I want to try and get also, uh, I want to try and get it on Netflix or Amazon or somewhere. I want to get it on an international platform. That's where the thigh gap joke comes from yep. and comes from my second show and my new show that I'm working on is Politics for Bitches slash What Would Mary Magdalene Do um, and so yeah I mean there's always a challenge and it's always Are you doing this where are you doing this show? So the new one I'm working on at the moment I'm previewing it at the moment yeah. and I'll be doing Edinburgh Festival That's with it, it yeah. yeah so I'll be doing, taking it to Edinburgh just because I think at the moment the current climate of politics I don't know about you lot it's so boring Yeah I was saying earlier to these I was like whatever it is a political story just doesn't go in my head right. so I'm like I need your show yes. to just help to make it in no, a way No that no I you don't need like... my show for it but you can, you're, we're on the same page yeah. Yeah. you won't <laughs> learn anything It just doesn't infiltrate right. right. It doesn't infiltrate so People wonder why the Daily Mail is like, successful, and you're like, "Well, mate, look, it's telling me how to contour like a Kardashian." Like, of course, that stuff I can understand. Talk to me on my level. I don't want. I don't know what the referendum means. Yeah. Yeah. Louisa, can I just check, Merkel, my girl, Merks. Um, I don't know enough about her. I think she's brilliant. So that's all. That's all I need. Yeah, I think she's brilliant. 
Um, we'll be keeping the amazing Louisa with us for our next section, which is Badass Balls Ups. We'll be asking for her advice and opinions on all your problems. But Louisa, if people want to see your previews and find out more, where should they go? Uh, just go on my website, um, iloveloisa.com. Sign up to my mailing list. I'm touring throughout October. The show's out on May the 19th. Just go on the website. You can see everything. Sign up to the mailing list. It's all on there. Yeah. yeah. We recommend it. It's brilliant. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And this week we also have the gorgeous Louisa Emilian in the... I was going to say office. We're not in an office. I don't know why I said that. In the studio with us. I'm so excited. I just don't even know where I am. Um, but this is, as always, our badass balls up section. So the point where we try and apply our nearly 100 years of combined wisdom to your problems, help you out. I don't know that we do, but we try and that's what matters. And of course, if you have something that you want to share with us, want our opinion on, you can always tweet us and tell us at Badass Women's Hour, HR, at Badass Women's Hour, or find us on the hashtag B-A-W-H or basically all the socials. Um, So our first problem this week, Nat, what have you got? So one of my mates was um, getting a bit upset because she is listening to lots of people talking about politics and she doesn't know how to contribute. And she's like, what should I read? But equally, I'm just not that mm-hmm. sort of interested is that my balls up that could be well, me yeah <laughs> <laughs> emma do you know anything about politics i just like i said earlier there's just something i thought you like you two nat and h you're amazing you seem to really know what's going on whenever we have a story they're like yeah but so and so said this and so and so said that i read this stuff and i don't know what it just does not infiltrate my brain anything else i read goes in anything to do with politics it's like my brain goes no do not infiltrate do not infiltrate <laughs> like what can i do about that louisa you've got a whole show which is going to be around politics yeah, right and because i feel very much the same as you emma in terms of it doesn't go in and um but i feel there's so many things happening right now that we can't help but be affected by it and i do think for social media for all its faults i think it's making more accessible because i follow people or see retweets that i'm like oh that's what that article means and then i read the article i'm like well i wouldn't have understood that from the article but in their summary i get it and so i just think there is something to be said about making it more accessible and i think the thing about politics is actually everyone takes it at a very kind of macro level but if you want to just start at a micro level, like what's the stuff that you care about? What really annoys you? What really annoys you that you would want to change? And then go and have a look at which party wants to change it in the same direction that you do. Like that's a base starting point. Yeah. Also, I would say what I've been doing is reading books about history. So I've been reading because you go, well, how did we get here? Because it seems such a mess. And then you read like I've been reading a book about ancient philosophy at the moment about um, uh African history, African civilization, um, about the British Empire and how that started. And then you go, oh, oh, so that's why it's like this now. Because, oh, and then as, as soon as you start building a little bit of a backlog, then I think the present day makes a bit more sense. Because so many things right now, you go, well, how have we got into that mess? That makes no sense. But yeah. then you look at the history behind it and you go, oh, and, oh, okay, guys, we've got a problem. Okay, Louise, <laughs> we need you to like set a reading list for every politician <laughs> yeah. ever because yeah. well, they I'm all d- need to do I that. I don't know. It's very much, it's very much, I've got one book called The African History of Civil Civilization, and the next one on top of it is how to be a boss by uh, <laughs> So it's fa- I mean, it's a very mixed bag, guys. <laughs> it's called eclectic, well-rounded, <laughs> darling, well-rounded. Um, so I think, yeah, if you want to talk more about politics, if your friends are all talking about it, they are. They're going to be talking about it for the next six weeks minimum. I think get involved. Get involved. Say something. Have an opinion, and ask some questions. Like if everyone in your group is really, really into it ask the stupid question and just hear what they have to say you know they're your friends they're not going to judge you hopefully I mean I would but maybe some of them won't (laughs) Um, uh, so this is problem that somebody gave to me this week and I was like you're talking to the wrong woman I do not know what to do about this Um, so it's a friend of mine she's a bit younger a bit younger she has like she's in her 20s so she's still got the energy to go out more than once a week which I just don't Um, and she says when she does go out she goes out with a big group of friends and they basically all take a lot of drugs and she just doesn't and she doesn't know whether she how to be with them whether they're really her friends whether they're judging her for not doing what they're doing what should she be saying to them 
Emma, what do you think? Oh, I think it's really hard. I've never been into drugs. I've just, because I'm such, I don't know, just that feeling of out of control, I just can't deal with. Although the older I get, I'm like, oh, maybe some of those hallucinogenic ones <laughs> <laughs> might be quite interesting. So I'm going, oh, maybe I, maybe, I, maybe now's the time to experiment. Start, I don't yeah. know. But uh, I think it's really hard because you do kind of feel a bit left out. And there is a lot more harder partying that goes on. You know, like, how can my mates stay out till seven in the morning? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Why do I want to go home at one? Because I'm really tired. <laughs> so it's it's really hard. You, you know, I feel quite lucky now because the majority of my friends are not big into the drug scene, so I don't I don't have that. But it's really tricky. I don't. Yeah, Louisa, what's it like for you when you're out and about? Do you kind of do you surround yourself with like-minded friends? Are you kind of more open and relaxed about what everyone's uh, doing around you? To, I've never liked drugs. Like, I've not really been my thing, and so I'm quite lucky that all of my friends are kind of on the same page. So, and if people are on them I'm like cool but it, for some reason it makes me feel really uncomfortable so I just tend mm. to l- remove myself from the situation um, like I'm a big fan of alcohol and I know there's a whole or alcohol, <laughs> like alcohol I get it and each to their own if you're into that thing cool for me personally I just think anything that makes you feel uncomfortable just remove yourself from the situation you yeah. really don't need to put yourself in that position Matt do you think there's kind of that peer pressure comes in though like does it get to the point where you know we're just curious we just kind of want to know Again, I think if you're younger, you might succumb to that. But I'm with M. I've never taken drugs. I smoked a tea bag when I was like... I think we all How do you smoke a tea bag? I've never heard of that in my life. I opened one. It was a peppermint tea tea bag. I don't mind admitting this. And I put it in lined paper and I tried to light it. Oh my God, I want to try this. No, you don't. This sounds amazing. It doesn't. You don't. You smoked a tea bag. Yeah, don't. What did you, you put know, in I, cotton wool at the, I, on the I love thing? That you I mean, I was probably watching EastEnders or something. Someone on TV, oh, I did hilarious. it, and then I decided to do, with peppermint tea. Is, I had no idea. Um, That's hilarious. And so, I, smoking. I've never smoked. Just it, it doesn't interest me. Um, so I, so I would struggle because again, that stamina to stay out. And I always thought, how do these people do it? And yeah. then it's the realize, oh, okay. But then there's a, there's a. I've forgotten her name. Someone wrote a really good article on about on hallucinogenics, and um, it's been used in in um, tests for people that have post traumatic stress yes. disorder. Yes. And then I was like, oh, okay, because now it's like it's the sense making where it's making me curious to know what it does. But generally, yeah. I don't even take paracetamol, so just oh, the concept really? of taking something for me is a whole brainwave. So I'm just if so. I guess the solution is you just kind of have to remove yourself or have an adult conversation with conversation about drugs with yourself and, and, and why you would even take them. But if it's to have the stamina to stay till seven in the morning, I'd rather go to bed. <laughs> so a few years ago, it was, um, I was in I was on a holiday with a couple of my girlfriends and we were both in our early 30s at the time and we were having like sitting on our sun lounges having a very serious conversation about whether or not we should take ecstasy because we never had. We were like, we're in our Lea like Betts. early 30s and we were like, should we? And we both just looked at each other and went, mm, Leah Betts. And we had that moment where we were like, do you know what? If you take your first ever ecstasy tablet and you're 16 and you die, that is an absolute tragedy. If you take your first ever ecstasy tablet at 34 and you die, that's actually just quite tragic. <laughs> and we didn't want to do that. So we were like, nope, we're just putting it out there. And I think there's something about surrounding yourself with people who look at the things in the same way that you do and go... That's not for me. I'm good, thanks. Because I say on that, but I think that's probably one of the most effective drug campaigns yeah, ever. Because that has always oh, been in my it was mind. Massive, wasn't it? Just, yeah. uh, just to never even just don't bother because you will die. That was it. That's that was the message they wanted to get across. And I think for our generation, they pretty much succeeded. I mean, it's pretty much a, a neat way of being able to kind of gauge somebody's age, isn't it? You just say Leah Betts. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, same age as me. Yeah. yeah. Although on the drug thing, somebody did point out to me on the old Uber app, there was some interface that pulsated and he was like, the designer must have been on drugs because you get that effect when you've done this, this thing. I, and I was I like, know the, right, the okay. That yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> saying that I accidentally took MDMA a few months ago. Oh, Maybe no. I shouldn't mention that. <laughs> That's fun. How? Because, no, well, I was in a car. I was, I had, there's a free Prosecco bar and I was with all these boys and we got in a car and they all started licking their fingers. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they were like, doesn't matter. I was like, what are you doing? You're so weird. And they were like, come here, lick your finger. And I was like, no. <laughs> they're like, you're being so lick my finger. And, they, and I gave it to them. They put, and I was like, what? And I tried it. And I was like, oh, what's that? And they're like, it's 
MDMA. And I was like, no! no! <laughs> <laughs> and I tried that and I was like, I can't believe I'm 34 years old. I've never done drugs in my life. And now I'm just accidentally taking MDMA. Louisa, you're a moron. You're such a naive moron. Like, what else would it be? Like a sherbet dip dab? What are you thinking? Like, why would they be doing dip dabs at two o'clock in the morning? Where was the free Prosecco bar, by the way? Oh, uh, it was at this um, award ceremony. Oh. It was at, like a free Prosecco bar. So I'd had like two bottles. So I was like, little ones. And I was like, Wah! And these boys were like, come party. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so basically, so next time there's a free Prosecco bar, call us. <laughs> yes. Come, yeah. come drink just with Stay away from the bad yeah, boys. Yeah, just don't <laughs> let me lick my fingers or do anything. <laughs> okay, final question for this week. Emma, what have you got? Uh, so this is an interesting one. My friend this week got in an Uber pool. I've never used the Uber pool. Ah. She got in an Uber pool only to find her ex-boyfriend in the car. Oh my no. gosh, that's so romantic. Like no, it's not. No. It's not. Have you had the worst breakup okay. ever? Yeah, exactly. And it's no. like the universe going, no, 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 because he then ranted at her for 40 minutes. So I just want to know what you lot oh. would do if you got in a cab and found your ex-boyfriend. I like. I love the fact that you've got this romantic lens on it, Louisa. Yeah. I'm a bit H. like, if my ex-boyfriend was in the car, I would probably throw up and then punch him in the face. <laughs> do you know what? I think they're actually, there's, I mean, I don't want to divide the world into two types of people but I'm about to and I think there's a Uber people and Uber pool people and there's actually definitely an Uber pool yeah there's <laughs> so, Uber pool people exactly. maybe they are meant to be maybe that was fate I don't think so I knew so. you were going to say that so she didn't feel comfortable then so it didn't go well it wasn't a good conversation no it wasn't he talked he ranted at her for 40 minutes he's so now married anyway so it wasn't really but yes I mean oh, horrific dear. I never even think of like those scenarios but you know or even just getting in the cab with somebody who's like your arch enemy oh, no, could you imagine? she must have got in and been like oh Oh dear, really, universe? Like, that's yeah. like you feel I'd have for to it, just be you? like, glitch uh, in the matrix. So, yeah, <laughs> I'd have to just. She get should out. have slapped herself for taking an Uber pool. Like right. I said, three people <laughs> in the back of the Toyota Prius, friends. not interested, <laughs> not interested. I want that whole thing to myself. Thank that's you. Right. And also, there's just an element of being like, do you know what? I am. <laughs> confident woman and I'm going to say this is not a situation I want to be in I'm going to cancel it and accept that you might charge me a fee for a late cancellation but that's okay because it's better than a 40, 40 minute journey oh, where that's I'd be a bit intrigued that's round of applause yeah. so if yeah. you had the balls to do that I'd be like well, I think you'd be a bit intrigued there'd be a bit of me that really wanted to do that the grown up Emma would really want to do that <laughs> but the bad Emma would be like let me just get into this situation I feel curious I feel like I've got some you? questions yeah. so bad we're so bad so these have been our badass balls ups for this week hopefully we've given you some wisdom I don't know that we have I but you know maybe have. I think we've just inspired them to go out there and just mess up at life <laughs> just know that you'll be fine I think that's the point right you know right? you'll all mess up but hey somebody will give you a radio show to talk about it so it'll be okay. <laughs> but if you want our advice always you can find us on Twitter at Badass Women's R HR at Badass Women's R or Instagram the same Facebook too all the socials or following the hashtag B-A-W-H this is the Badass Women's Hour. We've had the amazing Louisa Omelan. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Thank you so much. And we'll be back in our next section talking about our backdated badass, a woman from history you absolutely need to know about. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. It's time for Backdated Badass with the Army. And this week's Backdated Badass, a woman from history that you absolutely need to know about, isn't with us anymore, but if she was, it would have been her 100th birthday coming up. So, Nat, who is she? This week's Backdated Badass is Ella Fitzgerald. And tell us a little bit about Ella. So Ella Fitzgerald, I'm sure most of you can hear her songs in your head. Uh, she was known as the first lady of song and Lady Ella. She was an American jazz and song vocalist who interpreted much of the great American songbook, which is it basically she sang lots of songs that other people, or, and well-known songs that other, pe- that other people sang too. And here's a little clip of her now. So be quiet, keep still. One of these mornings, one of these mornings, you're gonna wake up singing. You're gonna spread your wings and you take to the sky. 
I really you know, think of when I think of Ella Fitzgerald is that kind of deep, beautiful jazz resonance that feels evocative of a particular period mm-hmm. in American music. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Definitely. And, she, you know, like other artists of her time, she recorded 200 albums and that was just a commonplace thing back 200 then. 200 is a lot. So artists would just be in the studio creating music and obviously only a few ended up on an album, but it means they have these huge back catalogues and a lot of the songs especially if they wrote them were then given to other artists there'll be songs out there that you'll know that were probably written by Ella or her team um that, that yeah originally started off with her and then ended up somewhere else exactly um and she also had a three octave range I don't know what that means I know nothing about singing. Mariah has an eight. Oh, okay so three it's just, it just it's her, her tone so and yeah it's Variety. She oh, had variety in her Good voice. I also love the fact that she's she won thirteen Grammys. But I'm like, why were they? They the Grammys have awarded uh, Grammys to women mm-hmm. and African American women, mm-hmm. but uh, they just didn't want to do that to Beyonce this year. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on a Beyonce thing this week? No, just I probably it out. yeah. I'm Beyonce inspired. Well, that's a daily practice. Beyonce inspired. <laughs> but she was the first African American woman to win a Grammy. So she set the trend and she I think still inspires pretty much every female singer today because of her depth and richness um but also she had like a really kind of quite horrible later life so she developed diabetes and she because of it ended up actually going blind and having both her legs amputated in 1994 before Mm. she died wow I did not know that about her at all I mean I think she's had like quite a um quite a typical kind of lifestyle for a singer of that age right Mm. so there was a lot of love a lot of lovers um a lot of kind of being part of that what were they called the rat pack Mm -hmm. so frank sinatra Mm -hmm. and all that lot and just creating this incredible culture and history that we still refer to when we think of las vegas or when we think of american jazz those are the people that really shaped it and she was a huge part of that i'd love to have a conversation with her like these people when they've had such incredible life experiences and hanging out with people like frank sinatra i'd love to go okay what's the gossip what's the inside story Mm -hmm. what are the what are the things that have happened that we don't see that have gone on behind the scenes i'd love to hear those stories when you look at her disc 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 i'm gonna can't say the word disc Discography? Yes. Is that a word? I actually just made that up. I don't even know that's the word you were going for. But It's that word, but for some reason my mouth can't pronounce it. Back catalogue. I'll say that one instead. Um, The the people that she sang with, um, both men and women, so Duke Ellington, and there's such, you know, now we get a Justin Bieber collabo with Selena Gomez or something. You know, when (laughs) Ella... Ella Fitzgerald was singing with Duke Ellington. That is a collaboration. Uh, And there's something quite magical about that. Um, I also think, again, she debuted at the Apollo Theatre in 1937. The Apollo Theatre is an iconic music venue that a Bieber or a, I don't know, some other X Factor but going back to a collaboration would want to, to to debut on but she was one of the first and one of the greatest and I think we forget about that when we think about these sorts of artists they set the trends they set the 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 standard for what it means to be a musician. Do you think with the collaboration as well, I always feel like these older artists, when they collaborated, it was because their voices mm. complemented each other. Yeah. Now I feel like artists do collaboration because they're just trying to get a share on each other's fan Or base. they go out with a guy yeah. get, or a yeah. girl and yeah. that's, that's the but other way. But when you put really two complementary voices together, yeah. then that's, you know, that's another level, isn't it? Beautiful. So that is why we love Ella Fitzgerald. Happy 100th birthday, Ella. Um, And that's why she is our backdated badass for this week. And do go out, download, listen, because it's a beautiful, beautiful way to spend an evening. Um, We're coming towards the end of our show. But as ever, we like to leave you with a badass principle for the week, something to live your life by in the next seven days. So, Nat, what is our badass principle this week? Our badass principle for the week is laugh aloud. And it was inspired by our our wonderful guest, uh, Louisa, earlier today. Um... And it, I guess for me, it's just we're going into a long bank holiday um, weekend or we are in a long bank holiday weekend. And the most important thing I think we can do, especially right now, 
is just remember to laugh. There's always something that can lift your spirits or something that can make you smile or chuckle. For me right now, it's Veep. I absolutely love that show. And I laugh out loud from the gut every time just just watching it and that's my way of lifting my spirit no that's box sets and politics so ems is not going to know what that reference say, is I'm like, sorry. what are you talking about okay <laughs> not made in chelsea then but i think there's also <laughs> something about um, when we're listening to louisa and she's taken a lot of stuff that's really deeply personal and quite you know dark and she's seen the humor in it you know mm-hmm. she's really kind of taken herself out of it and gone actually i've got to find something to laugh about in here i've got to find a way of taking this from just the dark side and bringing a bit of life to yeah. bit of light to it and for me that's when actually being able to do I think Catelyn Moran talks about how the only thing you have to get through is the next 60 seconds if yeah. you just get through the next 60 seconds at some point you'll be able to look back on this and be like do you know what I can laugh about that now and being able to find that in all the situations you go through in the next week and maybe laugh about it right in the middle because yes. life is weird sometimes um, and we all need a bit more humour in it Yeah, that's definitely the same for me. I think with Louisa and also with you, Harry, you do this really well where you tell stories of absolute like despair or like a really embarrassing moment or something. But yet you always manage to do that in a way that kind of lifts and sees the funny side. And I think so often, you know, you have those moments that are just like you feel that shame, don't you? Where you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've done that. It's like turning that shame into laughter and just being able to laugh at yourself and go, what an idiot. You're a human being. That's fine. Like that's laugh out loud to me. Thank you, Madeleine. It's mainly because most of my life would otherwise be very, very embarrassing. <laughs> um, so we're heading towards the end of our show. But if you've liked this, do you know what you should do? You should follow us. Come talk to us. We love it when you do. You can find us on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour, on Instagram the same or on Facebook. Or you can talk to us individually, as long as you say nice things. I'm at Harriet Minter, Nat. At Nat D. Campbell. And Emma. At Emma Sexton. And if you really love us and you want to see us live, you should come to our next live event at the W Hotel. It's on the 9th of May and it's Women in Music. Very fitting with our backdated badass this week. And you can find tickets if you follow us or look on our website. You'll find the ticket information there. But we have been the Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio and we'll see you again next week. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Camp. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking.